Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, what do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay. So, Jesus here is talking... Uh, I'm going to focus on that bit of the verse that says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now I want to talk about, uh, before I go into uh, sort of expand that passage, I want to talk about two incidents in my own life. The first one happened when I was around about nine years old. This has had a profound effect on me uh, ever since. Okay. I was at school and my mates were talking about a football team. And they were chatting about it. And I thought, I am going to follow them and support their football team. So I came home. And I announced to my family, particularly to my two older brothers, and I said, I am going to support... Chelsea. (laughs) If only I had stuck to that. (laughs) My life would have been so different. But no. My elder brother, someone I looked up to, said to me, why are you doing that? You want to support a local team. Your local team is Crystal Palace. So I thought, okay, I'll support Crystal Palace. And I did. From that moment, forever. (laughs) And I don't know how different my life would have been had I supported Chelsea. Crystal Palace has given me all sorts of highs, and many more lows. <laughs> and we're going through not a brilliant patch at the moment, but it's, I'm stuck with it. That's what I do. This is, I'm a Crystal Palace supporter, and I will be until I die. Uh, uh, I suspect it won't be the case in heaven. I don't know. Maybe there'll be football teams that win all the time. I'm not quite sure how that works. Uh, but for the time being... So that, that, that has had some effect on me. I used to go quite regularly. Uh, when they lose, I still uh, get affected by it. When they win, I'm still uh, ecstatic and, and excited. So that's one event. The other one took place uh, in my early 20s. I was, I, I might have mentioned this before, I was at a conference down in Brighton. And I was listening to a speaker called Terry Virgo. Many of you would have heard him and know him. Great speaker. And he was talking 
about the church. And as I listened, a light came on in my heart, in my mind. I had never heard anyone talk about the church like he was talking about it. And I was captivated by what he was saying. And I was transfixed by everything that he said about this church. And, uh, and it changed me. It changed me. You see, I had grown up in a church. It's a great church. I love it. It's still going. My, some of my family is still there. But this church didn't have the same understanding of what church was that, that I was gathering, I grasped. It was a place where you met... Your place as a, as a teenager, I got a bit bored. Uh, I listened to some of the sermons. Actually, it was a place where I became a Christian. So it has real affection for me. They preach the gospel. And yet their concept of church really was not very well formed, in my opinion. We used to, I was, as, a, as a child, I was taught this song, and some of you might know it, which is, uh, Jesus bids us shine with a pure, clear light. Anyone know that song? Yeah. Like a little candle burning in the night. In this world of darkness, so we must shine. You in your small corner, and I in mine. <coughs> that was my concept of church. You come together, you, you hear someone speak, you sing a few songs, and then you go and you live for Jesus on your own in this dark world with a little candle burning you in your small corner and I in mine and then we, we hide away and we try and be a bit and then we come together and then we go away again and yet the focus was on this little corner where you're shining as brightly as you possibly can be that's nonsense I didn't realise that it's really not a very good song <laughs> I, I don't suggest, Rochelle, that we sing that again. Okay, just, uh, just. But the problem with it is that it missed the concept of church. It, it completely bypassed it. it. It's got this idea that you're just there, you're doing your best for Jesus in the world, um, and, and that's the better, you know, one, one day we'll go to heaven. That's not, that's not what it's about. It's totally not what life is about, or what it should be like. So as I listened at this conference, I got a completely new revelation of the church. That I gradually saw something that had incredible eternal significance. Something that was, has cosmic importance in this world and beyond. And I realised this was something even better than Crystal Palace <laughs> to give my life to. That it was something that was worth giving my life for. And I want to just go through some of the verses that the Bible talks about that say how amazing and how incredible the church is. And one of the things that I'd say to start with is that the Bible records Jesus saying zeal for his house consumed him. It says it in the Psalms. It's repeated in the Gospels. Jesus is passionate about the church. Zeal consumes him for his house. That's us. That's us here. 
And so I got the picture that actually Jesus is so passionate and consumed about his house, his church, that actually I want to get on board with that. If I give myself to something, I want to give myself to what Jesus is passionate about. What he is consumed with. What he delights in. And that's what got me on that day. This passionate Jesus about the church. I want to get on board with that. I want to, if I do nothing else, I want to be on board with what Jesus is on board with. And that's one of the things that, that came in that time. So I just want to look at a few verses. Uh, so the first one, and this is another reason why, uh, I've said this before, I love the book of Ephesians. I know Jamie uh, and I talk about this a bit. He, he, he loves Galatians. Uh, not necessarily it's his favourite book, but you know, there's an awful lot, and I, I think it's great, and I've learned a lot from him. But I have to say that if, if I'm allowed a favourite book, it's Ephesians. Um, because it talks so much about the church and about the purpose of the church. And we're going to look at three, very quickly, three different uh, passages of it. So the first one is Ephesians chapter 2, 19 to 22. It says there, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, I haven't got time to unpack these verses uh, in in any great detail, but I just want to pick out a couple of things from there. Firstly, and I talked a little bit about this last week in, in the communion, we have been brought together by Jesus into this one body. Uh, he talks about those that are far away, those that were near. He was referring to Jews and Gentiles. But the concept here is different people. People that were, in the past, totally opposed to each other. Totally different backgrounds, <coughs> totally different uh, understandings. Totally, totally un- people that wouldn't fit together normally. And brought together under one head, Jesus. That he has united people that were utterly, utterly opposed to each other. This is an amazing concept. It's not a social construct, not a political idea. Well, let's see if we can get this, this uh, community uh, talking to this community uh, and, 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 and we can have little sessions set up to, to try and gain understanding of each person's way of thinking. No, no, no. This was Jesus uniting people that were so different. And what I love about this church is that we have so many different backgrounds and nationalities uh, and, and it's wonderful because it's a picture of what Jesus wanted to do. Amen. People uh, who wouldn't normally mix are united in Jesus Christ. That's amazing, that's wonderful. And, uh, and I want to always be part of a church that, that reflects something of that. And it's not always possible if you're in different parts of the country you might not always have such a mix uh, but that's why I love this church, because it has a wonderful mix of, of, of all the, the different nationalities and nations that are here. And, and this is what Jesus is, is, this is what he came to do. Amen. This is what he's passionate about. And then it talks about the fact that it's built together where he dwells. You see, when we become Christians, we, we are given the Holy Spirit, and that's wonderful. Uh, and we can know the presence of God, and he speaks to us. But uniquely, Jesus is talking about something else where when we get built together, 
he chooses to dwell there. And so it's something uh, that transcends our own experience of the Holy Spirit. That when we're together, and we experience something of it today, and as we do so, as we meet together, whether it's in a small group, whether it's in a few people over coffee, or whether it's in a bigger group like this, God chooses to dwell there. He comes by his Spirit and says, I have built this, I am building this, and the reason is I want to be here. I want to live here. I want to dwell here. It's a place of remarkable presence and remarkable power because his spirit is here. Because that's what he's done. He's built together a people where he lives. And that's his purpose in building the church is so that he'll have a place on earth. In the Old Testament, it was the temple. And there was a wonderful description of Solomon's temple when the Holy Spirit came down and and it flooded the temple and and it was a place and you used to go there to experience it. Now, it's wherever God's people meet together in unity. God is present by his Spirit. That's what he came to build. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. You don't don't need to be a big group, but actually just know that whenever you meet with, even if it's one other person from the church, or two or three, God is there. Because he's promised to be there with his people. And that's a wonderful description. It's a wonderful truth of what the church is about. You see, this isn't simply a place to attend. And and, and we can, you know, in this society today, and I've, I've talked to many people, they often see church as something that does them good, a place to attend, a place to a consumed, a, a place to observe. That's not Jesus' picture of the church. It's a place we're part of. We're knitted together. You see, I don't attend... Uh, th- this afternoon, my, my son and his wife are coming. I'm not attending that a family event. I, I am, in one sense, but we're, we're family. We're part of a family together. I don't attend the family. I'm part of the family. And so it's so important that we understand that we're not simply here attending a church on a Sunday morning. We're part of the family of God, part of the body of Christ. We're together, united. Next passage I want to quickly look at. Ephesians 1, verse 22. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him, as is Jesus, to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. These are incredible verses. And when you look at that, the first thing you notice is that the reason Jesus is ascended and everything was put under his feet is for us, for the church. No, for no other reason than to see his church built. It's not for the world, even. It's for his church. Jesus is passionate about his church, and God placed everything under his feet for the sake of his church. That's how much it means to God. That's how much it means to Jesus. That he is head over everything for the church. And the reason for that is, he is going to make sure that the church is successful. Because nothing can challenge his body here on earth. Because he is supreme overall. It's been placed under his feet so that he can ensure the church prospers. 
And then it says, which is his body, the fullness of him. That's, that's another incredible thought. We are the fullness of Jesus on earth. What does that mean? That together, we fully represent Jesus to the world. You and I, when we go to our workplaces or our schools or whatever it is, have a, we are a representation of Jesus. Now, I cannot fully represent Jesus. I can do bits because I'm not, I'm not Jesus. But the incredible truth is that actually as a body, we can. As a body, we can fully represent Jesus to the world. We are the fullness of him who fills everything. And so as Jesus fills us, as a body, we are Jesus to the world. So when we go and do Love Plumstead, we are being Jesus together to the world. We represent him. And he's happy for that. He's happy to say, if you want to meet Jesus, look at my church. Go and meet with my church, because they represent me fully. He's excited. He's not disappointed. He doesn't look at us as, oh dear, I made a mistake there, didn't I? Goodness, they don't represent me very well. No, no, no. He is saying, actually, together, you represent me. You are my fullness here on earth. And when people encounter you, they encounter me. That's who we are. That's what the church is about. They're amazing. It is unique on this earth. Utterly, utterly unique. We represent the fullness of Jesus together. Final verse I want to look at is in, and I'm, I'm whizzing through these, but uh, hopefully you get a flavour. Uh, this is a verse I've talked on before Ephesians 3, verse 10 and 11. It says that his intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. His intent was that through the church the amazing, glorious wisdom of God should be made known. And he displays that wisdom. And he picks up the church and he says it to the, all the authorities in the heavens. He says, look at this. This is my wisdom displayed in its glory. That's incredible. You and I are on display across the universe to show God's wisdom. God's amazing, multicoloured, manifold, a Glorious wisdom is displayed through you and me to the universe. And that was his intent. And it, was in, it wasn't something he made up. It was in eternity. He says, right, what we're going to do is this. We are going to make a church. We're going to build a church that displays my glory. And if you go around and you look at creation, it displays the glory of God. Some of you maybe have been away. Uh, we were on a walk yesterday. It's beautiful trees and, and countryside that declares the glory of God. And there's some place in this world that absolutely awesome. And yet, the church is even greater than that for displaying the wisdom and the glory and the amazingness of God. And that's us. That's you and me. 
And so we together are, have a unique calling that displays God's wisdom to the universe, uh, to the rulers and the powers. This is what the amazing thing about the church is. There is nothing greater on this earth to be involved with, I would say, without a doubt. Whatever you give yourself to, there can be nothing greater than giving yourself to being part of the church of Jesus Christ. But you may say, this picture you've painted, or the Bible paints, when I look at the church, doesn't quite add up. See, the church, I'm, I know, it's a bit messy. It's a bit divided. It's, you know, why is there so many denominations? We can go on. You know, why, why do I not always get on with the people in there? Why does it great sometimes? And, and one of the questions, and that's a very good question, you can go to some places, and you know, when we went to Soul Survivor, and you see all these thousands of young people praising God and, and having a great time together, you get a little picture of, of some glorious church. And actually, when we're worshipping together, it's wonderful and it's full of glory. And yet sometimes when you, when you look at the individual bits of the church, you think, oh, that's a bit of a mess. <laughs> so, you know, how do, how do you marry the two up? Well, the first thing I would say is this, is that we have an enemy who knows how glorious the church is. And it's... <laughs> And it's quite strange because he knows because Jesus has shoved it in his face and says, look how wise I am. Because that displaying to the authorities and the kingdoms of this world and, and uh, of, of the universe was to, to display to, the, uh, to Satan and his hordes as well. And Jesus is picking up his church and saying, look how wonderful I am. Look at this church. Surprisingly, Satan doesn't like that. And so his number one target is the church. Because it displays something of the, the what well, displays the wisdom of God, the person that he hates most. And so the church will always be the number one target for Satan. He will always try and undermine it. He will always try and do his utmost to see that it it struggles. See that it has, and that's why over the centuries the church has struggled a bit. What God has promised is that He will not prevail. He may win a few battles. And one of the schemes that Satan has is to try and disrupt and come in and break up the church because he doesn't want it doing what it's been called to do. He will never win, and one day this church. And the church universal will be hugely glorious. And we are moving towards that because Jesus has promised to build his church. Amen. But we need to be aware that, that there are possibilities that, that things can come in to disrupt. And that's one of the schemes of Satan because he hates us because we display the glory of God. It's not to be frightened of, but to be aware of his schemes. It's not to be, oh goodness, because Jesus is for us. We don't have to worry. But we can have our minds open that when we get a little bit niggled by someone, we don't allow that to build up to something that escalates. 
But when we have some problems, we say, no, no, I'm not going to give in to Satan's schemes here. I'm going to sort this out. I'm going to deal with it. See, what Satan loves is to separate people from the church. Amen. He loves to do that. He loves to niggle and say, oh, that wasn't very nice. All that, what, 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 what they said to you, oh, I'd go if I were you. <laughs> See, that, that is a minor win for him. He can separate someone and take them outside the church. And, and he's won in that respect. And we say, no, no, don't let that happen. That's, that's not what, you know... Sort it out. That, you know, things like this will happen. There will be nickels. There will be difficulties. There will be challenges within the church. But don't, but don't give in to that. Just come and say, actually, no, I need to come and talk to people. Come and, come and sort it out. Come and forgive. Come and, and, and get reconciled. Because actually, together, we are a glorious display of the wisdom and power of God. <coughs> And so that is why, one of the reasons, there's probably many others, but one of the reasons why the church isn't always seen. But that doesn't mean what the Bible says isn't true. It is true. We are the wisdom and glory of God displayed. We are the fullness of Jesus. We are what Jesus came to build. He is passionate about his church. He is giving himself to the church day by day. He is praying for it all the time. He is at work all the time. He is amongst us today. He was amongst us as we worshipped. He was amongst us as we prayed <coughs> upstairs this morning. He was amongst us as we meet later on during the week. He, he, wherever you are, he is amongst his people, building his church, causing it to be that glorious display of his wisdom and splendour. And at that meeting... All those years ago, I was caught up in that wonderful expression of Jesus. And I want to just encourage you, whatever you're like, some of you I know are utterly given yourself to this church, and it's wonderful to see, and to be part of it, and, and are, are working for it as best as you can, as best as you know how, it's wonderful. But maybe some of you here are, you've, you've attended, you like it, <laughs> What I believe God wants to encourage you to do is to give yourself to this place. Or if not this place, then another place where you can be part of the family of God, part of his body, where you can give yourself, not simply attending on a Sunday, but giving yourself to be a part of the body that displays the glory of God, that receives the presence of God. And to, to be committed to it and to give your life for it whatever that might mean for you. And I, I love being part of the church. I love doing what I do. And it's because I've got a picture on that day of what Jesus is passionate about. And do you know what? I didn't need, I didn't have a, I didn't have a word from God. I just got a, a revelation of his church. And I thought, Jesus, if you're passionate about it, I'm going to be passionate about it. Amen. I'm going to get alongside. Because you know what? I want to get alongside something that Jesus is passionate about. And that's going to be worth giving my life. So I want to encourage you. Don't be an attender. Be a participator. Be, a, be a, an active part of your local church. Give yourself to it. And let, let us together display God's wonderful wisdom and his glory to this world. Shall we stand together?
Yeah, I just want to pray, really, just for each of us. Each of us have got different experiences of church life. Some are really good. Some, maybe you've been hurt in the past and you've struggled to give yourself simply because uh, of things that have happened in the past. Uh, and, uh, and you've been hurt by maybe leadership or other people in the church. So I want to pray. I want to pray for healing for you that you will be able to go again and give yourself totally and freely to this church here and, and to give yourself. And I just want to pray, God, I pray right now for anybody that is feeling hurt by past experiences of church, that you will heal that, Jesus. And that, Father, you will help to bring, uh, that they'll be able to forgive what went on. And that, Father, you will now renew passion for your church, Jesus. Renew passion. Renew what they once had, what they once knew. They would be rekindled again and they would see the glorious body of Jesus for what it is. Jesus, I pray for them, God. I ask that you would just restore them and they would be passionate again about what you're passionate about. Whatever that is, Jesus, whatever part of the church they have to pay for, Jesus. And I pray for the rest of us. God, I ask that you would help us to have such a wonderful view of the church, God, that we will, we will just be willing to give ourselves for what you are passionate about and what you're giving yourself to. And that, Father, we will just be so confident in the church, God, of what you're building, of what you're doing, of what you're part of what you're present in, Jesus. Amen. Your power and your presence amongst us, Lord, we thank you for it. And Lord, we want to be passionate about that. We want to be passionate about it, Lord. We want to give ourselves to that which you've given yourself for. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you for all that you're doing amongst us, Lord. Do even more, we pray. And let us see your glory and your wisdom and your power displayed to the, the world, to this community, to those around us. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.